It's time to screw the norms. To fit in, we often hide what's on our minds, who we really are, or who we want to be, or even what we want to do. But now you're having the right conversations. Here, we'll talk about sex, relationships, and mental health, and how they interact with each other and so many other aspects of life. Shame can't survive when we're honest and curious with each other and ourselves. It's time for your mind to scream less and for you to screw more. I'm Rachel Wright, a non-monogamous queer psychotherapist and your host. You've probably figured this out by yourself by now, but if you own a vulva, did you know that there is a three in five chance that having penetrative sex doesn't result in an orgasm? Enter Zumio. <laughs> Zumio is a one-of-a-kind toy with the sole purpose of providing a unique, stimulating experience. And guess what? It doesn't even vibrate. It rotates with a concentrated pinpoint energy that allows you to control how and where you use it. There are four different models specifically designed for your personal intensity preferences. And Zumio is great for vulva mapping and exploring the rest of your body, whether that is solo or with a partner. Check out www.myzumio.com Rachel. That's R-A-C-H-E-L for a special discount for the Right Conversations listeners and take control of your orgasms today. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode nine of the Right Conversations. Today is a very special episode. Today's episode title is a conversation about my polyamorous fam a sit-down conversation with my primary partners. So without any further ado, here is a conversation about my family. Hey, family. Uh, let's start off by having everyone introduce themselves. Kyle, you want to go first? Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Kyle Wright. Uh, I've been with Rachel for about a decade now. Um, I'm from California originally. And I am a freelance mixologist and bartender and um, house taker care of. Hi, my name is Ashley. I am another fourth of this polycule and known around here as the funny one. And for work, I, um, well, I'm at Yair in culinary school. I've been working in um, the food space within New York for over the over 10 years, and I'm currently a culinary director for a meal kit delivery service. We've been together for six years. We've been legally married since 2020, and more about that later. Hi, I'm Yair. Um, I'm a private chef in my professional life. I'm one quarter of this polycule here, legally married to Ash, and committed to everyone here. So I thought what would be fun for us to do today is kind of go over how we all met and how this happened, because that is a question that I know I get and you all get, frankly, quite often, um, which is like, how the fuck did you end up living in a house with four people? And like, how do you feel about it now? How do you think about kids? Like all of those questions. But I would love to start with how this started. Um, and I think that 
most of the people listening have probably heard me tell the story a lot. So I would love to hand this off and get the perspective from someone else who wants to take this one. A little bit before COVID, um, Ashley and I had joined a uh, community of like-minded individuals, as they say online. Not swinging. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, before we had a chance to attend any events or uh, anything at all, meet anybody, uh, COVID happened. And so they pushed everything online into these uh, 90s era AOL style 250 person chat rooms um, with uh, lightly curated conversation topics, lightly curated uh, photographic um, uh, inputs. They would be like, hey, it's Wednesday. Show us a picture of your butt in the shower. And then whoever felt inclined would be like, hey, here's my butt in the shower. And it was like, it was very cool at the beginning of COVID because I don't know, I was sad. Yeah, as you can imagine, uh, hundreds of, like I said, like-minded individuals uh, jammed into a room uh, to talk about all sorts of, you know, horny this and horny that, and everyone's locked at home during COVID lockdown. Uh, you know, you can imagine there's a flurry of conversations going on. Um, and on one of these uh, mornings, I think, um, I think it was a morning, uh, I I gave my, uh, you know, I gave my photographic uh, entry for the day. Um, and uh, just a little while later, I got a uh, private message from Rachel. Okay. So I know that in your mind, my love, uh, it was all about your gray shorts and you know what I was seeing, but it was not, uh, I don't really know. And this is the part of the story that like, okay. So for the record, by the way, I wrote you on March 25th, 2020, at 6.29 p.m. Okay, not in the morning. <laughs> COVID screws with your mind, you know? You don't know what time it is, what day it is. Yeah, truly. And I remember writing you, and th this is truly the part of the story that, like, I think feels a little woo-woo because usually when there is an action that I take, especially, it's, like, in response to something, and this was a very like, write this person, like intuitive thing. And I, it seems like such a cop out. Like, I don't know how else to explain it, but it just was this like overwhelming urge. So the message that I wrote was, hey, I don't think we've met before. I'm so bad at, <laughs> I'm so bad at writing people. I never write people. So the message said, hey, I don't think we've met before. Just wanted to introduce myself because you're incredibly, no, sorry, you're incredible, hands. <laughs> couldn't even, couldn't even spell things correctly. I think the woo-woo part is like that time I was at a casino and just saw like the slot machine I knew was going to give me money and I beelined for it and won like $250. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Like sometimes some you just feel a pull. Yeah. So I felt the pull and I wrote and he wrote back and said, hiya. My name is Yair. And I said, I'm Rachel with another smiley face. And Yair, you said, and thank you. All I can see of you is your smile. And it's got all the happiness and joy in it. Aww. And I said, ah, because I'm awkward as fuck. And then said, are you on Insta? And you said, I am. And I gave you my handle. And then you said, is it safe to say that 
is it safe to assume you found me in the such and such a chat room, which now looking back on it, like where else would I found you? You've never met before. So I said, LOL. Yeah, sorry. Definitely should have said that or could have said that. You said, that's okay. Just saying you introduced yourself without context or a name. LOLs. I dug it anyway. Smiley face. This and- is so hot. I can't <laughs> even handle it. <laughs> I'm telling you. So then I said, well, that's good. I'm pretty new here. So out of practice, just added you. And Yair, you said, same, that's okay. About to sit down to watch the finale of Hunters. Can we chat a bit later? Oh, and you're super cute, so I hope the answer is yes. That's your $250 slot machine jackpot right there. (laughs) Yair's a much better flirter than I am. I now default to him while we are dating other people. Yeah, that's that's really good. I said, would... (laughs) I said, would absolutely love that. Yes. Enjoy. And thank you. And yeah, you said, you're very welcome. And then two hours later, you said, sorry, I let the night get away from me a little, but I haven't forgotten about you. If I miss you tonight and find you tomorrow, will you forgive me? So many pleasantries. Right? So I said, oh, my goodness, of course. I actually haven't been feeling well, so I'm going to head to bed early. Sidebar. I definitely had COVID. (laughs) (laughs) I said tomorrow is even better. Look, we'll look forward to hearing from you. And you said, excellent. Well, not the feeling sick part. That part sucks. And I said, also feel free to text me. WhatsApp is new to me and gave you my number and said goodnight. And then the next thing I have on here is like six months later. And it is uh, clearly content that we are in a relationship (laughs) Exchanging. How is that to relive? Pretty good. That's pretty good. That sounds about right. So, Ash, you were then the next part of the story. Do you want to share from your perspective what happened next? Sure. Um, I didn't prepare the screenshots, though. Of the, fir- I mean, I think I have them somewhere here. But I have them. Okay, so. You know, Yair and I were in lockdown in our 800 square foot apartment and in Brooklyn and um, we were both in these chats. I was a bit less active um, and was checking in with Yair to see if he had met anyone or talked to anyone and um, said Rachel was one of the people, Rachel was one of the people um, that he had just started talking to. And I went and checked out her Instagram. And I don't know if you call it love at first scroll. (laughs) But I was like, wow, she's so cute. Um, Do you mind if I talk to her also? And he said, no, go for it. Um, So how was that for you to hear? That she was like interested in talking to the person that had was interested in you and you were interested in. I guess mixed. I mean, it was exciting to share that. Also, uh, the world sort of teaches us that the other person is supposed to be more secretive, like this second person. So your legal wife 
wanting to get to know the person you might have a crush on does have some like uh, built in anxiety around it. So I think there was a little bit of like, oh boy, is this going on? Is this exciting? Is this nervous? Is this fine? Is everything's fine, right? Everything's fine. It's all good. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I found her first. No, I don't think so. I don't think I felt like I had dibs on her. Uh, no. Did you worry about my flirting skills being better than yours? No, you're the funny one. I know your flirting <laughs> skills are better than mine. I'm not sure flirting and humor are the same, but yeah, I, that, I, you I, know, I, some you know, some would say. Some and it, at this point, just to like name before Ash continues, Kyle was not uh, in on the conversation yet. Kyle was also in the chats. Um, Kyle and I were both on dating apps, um, but Kyle had not interacted with either one of these two at this current moment in the story. Correct. Yeah, he was probably making me food. <laughs> uh, so I messaged Rachel and I said, hey, Rachel. She said, hi, who's this? Sorry, I'm new to WhatsApp. <laughs> I said, same. I'm Ashley from the blah, blah, blah. Wanted to introduce myself. I'm Yair's wife. And I remember thinking, oh, he's married. Because in no place in this conversation did he say I'm married. Now, this community is full of non-monogamous people. So I wasn't like, oh, my God. I remember thinking to myself, did he not share with me on purpose? Because uh, again, like that's kind of how we're programmed, right? Like if somebody, if we find out later that someone is in a relationship, then the assumption is, oh, they have led me astray. Uh, but that was so not what was going on. And that became very evident very quickly. Um, and then I got really excited. Your WhatsApp picture at the time, I like won't ever forget it. You were in like a white shirt and your hair was like shoulder length and like wavy and you had lipstick on and I clicked on it and it was the only uh, image that I had of you because we didn't exchange. You had my Instagram, but I didn't have yours right, yet. Right, right. And I clicked on your WhatsApp and I was like, oh, she's so beautiful. Oh my God, what picture was it? I don't know, we'll have to find <laughs> it. And I remember just thinking to myself like, oh fuck. Okay, okay. this is interesting. Here we go. I want to quickly interrupt this episode to talk about my latest project with Best Self Co. If you don't already know, Best Self Co. is a brand with a range of simple yet meaningful tools that help people achieve their goals, be more productive, and create positive change in their life. I've had the pleasure of working with Best Self Co. on a few projects, the latest being their brand new Intimacy After Dark deck. This 150 card conversation deck is a tool for talking about and exploring sex to bring more connected intimacy into your life. The deck was designed with all relationship structures in mind and includes a conversation framework adapted and approved by me that guides you through consensual and comfortable conversations about sex. Best Self was so kind to provide a code to my listeners so that you can get your hands all over the Intimacy After Dark deck before it's gone. Use the code RACHEL, R-A-C-H-E-L, during checkout at bestself.co and get 30% off the new Intimacy After Dark deck. That's bestself.co and code RACHEL for 30% off the new After Dark deck. I want to thank Best Self Co. for being one of today's podcast sponsors. Now, back to our conversation. 
so she says, so, so nice to meet you. My hubs is Kyle. He's on here somewhere. Laughy face. Um, I said, I started following you on Insta and just love your vibes. That's Great qu- flirting. Questionable. Um, <laughs> and you said, how's your day going? Uh, what's your Insta? We exchanged Insta. And then you said, you two are so adorable. And I said, I was going to say the same about you and Kyle. And a flurry of emojis got <laughs> passed between us. Um, uh, the currency of love. Yes, the, yes, exactly. And then I said, we, in parentheses, I really don't have any friends that are also ENM. So it'd be great to have some. Um, LOL friends (laughs) and we live in Bushwick so I thought we all might be a good match Rachel says oh amazing we'll all have to get together when this craziness is over (laughs) (laughs) and I said honestly (laughs) Uh, and then she said will you text me I'll set up a group chat with the four of us Um, and then I guess out of nowhere said we are already technically married, but our wedding is supposed to be on March 24th or May 24th. More uh, sad screaming emojis. Um, Oh no. Oh, Ashley, I'm so sorry. Uh, And that is where the conversation cuts off and we move to group chat. And something Rachel often says is within this conversation, she already knew that I would get along with Kyle. Oh yes. And I, 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 can you verbalize that? Yeah, it was honestly looking, now that I'm thinking, but I remember where I was standing when we were writing on WhatsApp, which is like really interesting. It's these moments that kind of uh, just stick in your head. And I looked at your Instagram and I was seeing your humor and I was also seeing your depth of feeling. And On Instagram? Yeah. Wow. And also like how you were, we talked a little bit further over text and we were kind of like joking about some of the uh, femme chats that we were in and a lot of the humor that you had, I immediately was like, oh my God, she and Kyle are like two fucking peas in a pod. And I already kind of had the sense that Yair and I shared a lot, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure yet. Like it was just more intuitive. Um, so I remember kind of having this like, Oh, this is really interesting. The four of us are going to definitely get along. Chapter one ends. (laughs) So then I invited Kyle to the group chat. Well, so my, uh, my experience of this was was an interesting one because Rachel definitely had COVID at the time. We didn't know that it was COVID. We just thought she was sick and was sort of, there's no way to tell at that time. It was early, early COVID. So like there's no tests. Uh, I didn't get sick, which was strange. Um, you know, all that weirdness was going around. And I uh, I was not as active in this WhatsApp chat as, uh, as the rest of the three of them were. I don't know, maybe because I'm just not, I was like more hesitant to get on there and like do another thing. Cause like, I don't know, I'm old fashioned. Like I dating apps are still like very foreign to me. Um, like I never used one until Rachel and I opened up and that was like the whole other new learning experience. Anyway, um, I was in the phase of just learning that WhatsApp uh, automatically saves the photos in the groups that you're in. 
I was in that phase where Rachel's like, "Hey, I, uh, I I met a guy. We're getting along, and like you know, um, you know, he's really cute and whatever." I'm like, "That's great." And I'm looking at my phone, I'm like, "Holy shit! Why are there all these sex videos?" And it's like, I didn't. Si how did these? That's where I was at. I was trying to figure out how everything in this group chat that I was barely active in filled my regular photo library with every naked person in like all of Brooklyn. It was ridiculous. So uh, I remember it was kind of, I had like an outsider perspective on it because I got this kind of uh, progressional thing from Rachel. Uh, yeah, I met a guy, uh, we kind of hit it off a little bit, we're flirting, um, he's married and uh, his wife is really, really beautiful and uh, we're kind of flirting a little bit. And uh, I think that you'd really like her and uh you know do you want to do like a group chat this is over maybe two days i want to say this progression of time and i was like sure let's uh let's go with that and rachel told me the same thing about the humor said that uh, my style of humor uh, like way of communicating was very similar to ashley's and would kind of match up in that way which uh confusing? well i mean you know we're the you know the two uh you know i would say uh, most passionate about our opinions in terms of uh, how we like things done, particularly in the kitchen or the refrigerator or laundry or with the layout of the house or with cleaning. Or the bar, or the, the dog, salt the bowl, or the shower. Yeah. Yeah. Just, 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 we're particular. We're particular people. And uh, I understood that. It was a risk, I think, because it could have gone very poorly had we not learned over time to mesh our neuroses. Um, but yeah, uh, I remember no, the, nothing screams risk like organizing the salt containers. Yeah, man. Yeah, sure. yeah. There's a lot of different types of salt that we have. I'm very fortunate that Kyle listens to me when I'm right, which is most of the time. This is a conversation for a separate episode. <laughs> uh, well, and I remember, um, like, I remember one thing very distinctly that Rachel had to keep reminding me to check on our group chat. Because like, I remember uh, there's one night I was taking I was taking like an Epsom salt bath like anything to do because I was bored all the time with COVID and I get a text from Rachel like why aren't you in the group chat I'm like in the group chat what do you mean and I go on to I think it was still in WhatsApp at this point no, no? we had group, no, group checks we we why wasn't I looking I don't know whatever it is I had not was it yeah i guess we went right into that i don't know for whatever reason i wasn't on it and rachel texted me like you're missing things you need to be on here i'm like i'm in the bath what a so sure enough you jump in the group check from the from the bathtub uh and really it felt after like a day or two of conversation everything felt very like natural and normal of how we all communicated together and that feeling hasn't changed for the last two and a half years and I don't know, uh, maybe woo-woo the universe, maybe just serendipity that it all came together and the four of us are who we are. And uh, yeah, that was my experience of the, the initial contact between the four of us. So who wants to take it from there? Well, one of the other things that I wanted to say was since we made this group chat, we literally spoke every single day since the beginning of the group chat, which is just crazy. Um, one of my most distinct memories of those early days was um, Yair was in the living room. I was in the bedroom, uh, you know, trying to take our own space in this small apartment that we're both stuck in. And we're, we're all in the group chat. Um, and we were just texting back and forth so fast. And like, 
it was like funny and fast and like quick back and forth. Like you really couldn't put your phone down for a second and not come back to a hundred texts. Um, but I remember laughing so much from the bedroom and then hearing yeah your laugh from the other side of the wall and back and forth and then I remember screaming babe I, they're funny I think I like them <laughs> I was like babe they're funny this is fun <laughs> yeah and it was really wild because be, because of the time we had our first two dates over zoom and then when we actually met in person, we legitimately stayed six feet apart. Um, Kyle and I at the time were living with my brother and his partner, and we were very, very cautious. The, the last thing that we wanted to do was, you know, it was a scary time. I like, mean, yeah, it was the first yeah. few months of COVID. And, and we there were no tests. There was no treatment. Like there was no, it was just vaccine was like nowhere in sight. Um, people were still wiping down their mail and yeah. groceries and yeah. I'm the biggest thing I remember of us getting together was okay. Yeah. You can stay six feet apart, but like, how are you going to pee? And I remember having this like hour long conversation with my brother about like, are we able to use the bathroom inside of Mecklenburg's? And like, is that, and the, what we came to was no, yeah. Like, cause we didn't know how this thing was anyway. So we dated fully <laughs> six feet apart. It was like Orthodox Jew style dating, mm -hmm. um, which for, you know, for people who met in a super sex positive group chat, you can imagine it's a little torture. Yeah. Kyle says, torture. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you like? About okay. It, I liked that. I had a very, uh, it was a very clear container for getting to know each other without the added emotional complexity of being physically intimate. Um, this was, Yair and I had never dated together. We were relatively new to this space. Uh, we, we had like dipped our toe in several years before, but yeah, basically we're pretty we were pretty new to it. Let's not make any absolutes here. But we were pretty new yeah. to the space. I mean, so were me and Kyle. Yes. Well, yes. But you had had a boyfriend. No. You had had a boyfriend. Yes. I <laughs> So I guess it depends on what we are classifying as experience because I think that if we you two were actually non-monogamous longer than me and Kyle were and Yair, you definitely had more it, like physical experiences outside of the relationship than Kyle and I had had. Correct. Um, and yes, I had had like one part other partner for like six months and we broke up right before COVID started. Um, but definitely I, we had been on what under five dates with other couples. That was part of my, uh, my initial reaction and not hesitation, but sort of, I kind of had the feeling of, well, here we go again, because, you know, going out on a date with another couple was a little a little daunting at first. Cause I was a little burned out because I had had especially not fun experiences uh, when, when we were doing the group dating. The Honeypot is more than the products in your bathroom cabinet. It's embracing that time of the month. It's staying balanced through the ups and downs, good sex and bad sex. It's exploring. It's learning. It's plant derived. 
Powered by herbs and science, the first complete personal care system to get you what you need when you need it. Check out The Honeypot at Target, Walmart, Walgreens, and on thehoneypot.co. You can enter code RACHEL20, that's R-A-C-H-E-L-2-0, for 20% off your first Honeypot order on thehoneypot.co. I felt like it was, um, at least for me personally, it was very helpful to develop a very strong trust and emotional intimacy um, before anything physical had happened. And of course, that's something you can do outside of COVID, but you would have to be very intentional about it and... I'm not sure how many people would be into not touching for two months. Yeah, not for that long. <laughs> well, getting, not yeah. for that long. It was, it was too long, but I did, like, looking back, I do think it created a foundation for at least me that was, like, incredibly um, trusting and solid and felt safe. Um, like, this this really... what the, the new part of this is the intensity with which... We all got along so fast, so quickly. It felt so right, like right away. And looking back, like if if maybe if we had been physical, like I don't know if that would have changed things. Obviously, don't need to think about what could have been. But I am grateful for that um, time that we got to intimately know each other. One of my favorite things about uh, when we first did our Zoom dates is that we took them like very seriously. Like uh, we all got very dressed up. Uh, we both made like a, I know we made like a cheese and meat board for the two of us with like a bottle of wine. And like we tried to make it as real date as possible over Zoom. And then when we started to finally be able to meet up in person and do our six feet apart dates, we were just very intentional about all of it. And I think that, you know, the Zoom part is the first one getting all dressed up, really leaning into the date feeling of it. And then every time that we would see each other in person, everything was very intentional. We had to be six feet apart. We brought our own stuff. You know, what are we going to do with the bathroom? Like everything took a lot of communication. Nuance. Exactly. Communication, nuance, and vulnerability. Of, like, how do we do this in the, in the world that's currently happening right now? Yeah, I have to agree. I, while towards the, not even towards the end, I would say like a third of the way into that time period, I started kind of losing my mind a little bit. I know. In year, I would love to hear your experience with this because I think that as the two more oriented towards physical touch people, like he and I were having the most trouble maintaining six feet. It was of, difficult of distance. Um, but I really did love, you know, there was no pressure. Like Ash and I would go on these park dates and like, yeah, of course I wanted to sit closer to her on the bench, you know, than on the edge and you know, touch pinkies from as far as we could reach. What did we touch? Like toes? toes. We played we some did footsie. To yeah. Yeah, real hot footsie. It was, so. It we touched feet with shoes on. <laughs> yeah, hot. With protection, what? Yeah. Um, it was, it was tough for me. Like, especially, I think that, you know, Kyle and Ashley, it's not that they are not physical touch people. They both definitely have that in their Palettes. Palette, yeah, in their templates. Um, but Yair and I are definitely more, I don't know. 
how to describe it. Physical touch is one of your main love languages for the two of you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was difficult. Um, yeah, I think it definitely was difficult, and I think that my appreciation for it is um, is in hindsight and in context, um, which is to say I do think that it removed pressure and created a structure and removed some of that decision-making and thinking, right? I didn't, I wasn't thinking about, oh, well, how's this date going to end? And how do I encourage this date to end the way I'd like it to end? Do I want it to end that way? Like all of that was gone because the way it was going to end was I was going to wave goodbye from behind a mask and go home. Uh, and that was the way it was going to end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then I couldn't tell anybody about it. You know, I get in trouble for that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I think that, um, yeah, in hindsight, I think it created a lot of really deep, meaningful dates. And perhaps I wish that we had touched a little sooner. Yeah. So who wants to uh, briefly just go over the story of how that switched? Like, how the cherry got popped? Wow. Wow. If that got on recording, well, Ben, you can leave that in. <laughs> But put an asterisk with we don't believe in that. <laughs> okay, wait, I have a better question to say. How the sausage got made? How the pudding got set? How the <laughs> Okay. Okay. Uh, I think it's a fine story. I mean honestly it's 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 funny. It's sort of just another one of these weird COVID things. So like we said, we were being super careful. Um and in an effort to not yet expand our bubbles, but to uh, figure out a way to be intimate um, and not, I don't know, cross-contaminate, not expose uh, your brother It was really not exposing Matthew and Dylan <laughs> to anything. Because, like, to in, and in all fairness to them, you two, well, Kyle and I were getting to know you, to them, you were literally strangers from the internet right. that we had known for four to five weeks. Right. And they and were like... And I was still working at the time. Um, Granted, you were in a bubble at work, but yeah, you were still going in and out of the city. But I was still going like, in and out of the city. I was still going into work, seeing other people. Um, yeah. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a zero risk yeah. proposition. Um, and you were literally a stranger from the internet. And I was literally a stranger from the internet. So, uh, you know, they didn't know I was a nice Jewish boy. I mean, you know, they had, well, I mean, they, they knew me saying that, but they were like, sure, sure. Did you see that kid's tattoos? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, so, yeah, so we decided the only way to do this. Uh, was we were going to rent an Airbnb, um, spend some time getting to know each other. Both um, at your apartment and at the Airbnb? Sure. Was the apartment happened first. <clears throat> yeah, the apartment, oh, yeah, was, the first, apartment was first, but we... But you, you it used was like, the Airbnb to quarantine yes. post-exposure before going back home. Yeah, we were going to go out to the Hamptons uh, to start working, for me to start working over the summer. Um, so that's how we got started. So yeah, so after we were physical for the very first time or second time or whatever, I don't want to count times, after we had broken that barrier, um, Kyle and I stayed at this Airbnb in Brooklyn for 14 days because at the time that was the guideline. Uh, you know, if it were today, it would just be like, you know, 12 hours. Thanks, CDC. Um, and Ash and Year went off to the Hamptons. Kyle and I wrapped up our quarantine on Kyle's birthday. And had to walk home with our luggage because we couldn't take a fucking Uber. 
Can I make one quick clarification for all of our listeners out there? We didn't go to the Hamptons. I'm a hired uh, employee in the Hamptons. I just want to make that extremely yeah. <laughs> clear. We weren't weekending there. Uh, I'm the hired help. Let's just, you know, just want to make that clear. Yeah. Um, but what ended up happening because of this hired helpness uh, surrounding COVID was the the family that Jaeger works for got a house for Ashley and Jaeger to stay in so that he would not have to commute back and forth to the city because the the rates, the COVID rates were so much higher in Manhattan proper and Brooklyn, whatever, New York, um, than in the Hamptons. And so what happened was essentially then they became a part of a much smaller bubble and they were not allowed to leave the Hamptons. Uh, and we were able to then communicate this to my brother and, and Dylan, um, Matthew and Dylan, and they felt comfortable with me and Kyle going out to the Hamptons and only being with them at the house because of the, the way that they were handling this out there. So Kyle and I, after our 14 day quarantine planned with year to surprise Ashley and come out and be there because Ash had was under the impression that it was not in the COVID guidelines that we were going to be able to go out to the Hamptons. So Ash was under the impression that we were going to now see them in like months. It was going to be like three months. And so we, we drove out and surprised them and you like fell over. Yeah. I remember also like right before it was like days before you guys came, I think I was talking to you on the phone and I was like I, Kyle um and I was like I can't do this much longer like I was getting really sad about like it's only been like two weeks and we have another two and a half months like you guys are never gonna <laughs> come out here and like I'm really sad about it and my birthday was the next weekend and I was just like like when Yair would go out to work, I was home alone with Randy, our cat. Um, but I would sometimes not see another physical human for like days at a time other than Yair. So, you know, I was starting to lose it a little bit too. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, I remember that, that phase because we were in our Airbnb for two weeks uh, post-exposure um, to, <laughs> to the two of them. Um, and... Like I knew that we had made the plans. We had gotten a zip car uh, rented. So we had all the plans to go up to visit and surprise Ashley. Obviously, I couldn't say anything at the time. Um, so I was, you know, FaceTiming every day or so, whatever we did, and talking and know each other more. And um, then we did have to do that. I, for, I forgot about the birthday walk. In the most humid summer that I've experienced in New York so far, we had to walk like two miles through Brooklyn, dragging like a suitcase on a roller, like a duffel bag without handles and like two backpacks, uh, which was, you know, to Ashley's point, like even though it was COVID, we were wearing masks, we still saw people all around us just because it's a higher density of population. So the isolation up in the Hamptons was, was brutal. And then I remember being able to surprise Ashley, not only with us coming up there, but the fact that we were going to come up the next weekend also, and that is going to be more of a regular thing over the summer, um, which is uh, which was really, really amazing. And it gave us a new opportunity or another opportunity to really like reinforce the trust and time that we spent together and being really intentional about how we do things together. And um, we, we really made the most of it. 
this to me is where our relationship really like started blooming. It went from like seeds to like a fucking garden was over this summer. Uh, I would come out sometimes individually and spend time with Yair and Ashley solo. Uh, Kyle and I would come out together. I was able to get time with just Ashley during the day and we would work together and share space and then have nights together and Yeager would come home. We navigated a lot of like jealousy and possessive things that came up and really hard stuff that summer. Yeah, I mean, we were all in a house together immediately. Yeah. Like went from <laughs> isolation and Zoom dates to all being in one house and navigating all of those feelings and situations. So and I think this actually may be a really good opportunity because a lot of people I know that look into our relationship ask me, do you all experience jealousy? Like, are you just over it between the four of you? Like, is it totally chill? How did you get there? Like, how did this happen? And not that we have to go into like specific stories. I mean, you can if you want, but like, I think that that I know for me that summer was the first time that I experienced that because our physical intimacy was right before you left and then we were there. And so it was like the real first time that we had to like navigate space and, you know, say like, Ashley, can you go on a walk? So Yair and I can have the house or vice versa. I remember going on a walk to leave you and Kyle and I got lost and there was no cell phone signal in the Hamptons. And I was like walking around in Sag Harbor for, I was like, wow, she really gave us a lot of time. I didn't really. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really so like these, this. you know, these conversations were hard and I, I just would love for you all to share your experience with this. Cause I think that for a lot of people who are transitioning from monogamy into non-monogamy, these first instances of jealousy when you want the thing still. Like we all wanted to be there and we all wanted to sit through the discomfort and we all wanted to like make it to the other side of the discomfort. And it was still really hard. Uh, well, I'll speak for myself. One of those things that I feel very lucky about uh, with in terms of my relationship with Rachel is that we faced a lot of this jealousy, envy stuff early on when it was just the two of us. Uh, when we first started dating other people, um, uh, Rachel had a very like blessed uh, time. <laughs> like things were going well. The people she was meeting were amazing. Like I was, I found myself envious of the the people she was meeting and like the how interesting they were or their life stories. Whereas I've had a difficulty meeting people that I'd wanted to see more than once, and I was coming up against a lot of feelings of. At first it was jealousy, but because Rachel and I have a, a history of being very open with our communication and saying exactly what we're feeling and, you know, working things out together with our old company uh, and everything, we were able to have these conversations where I can be very like tearful and saying like, I'm envious of what you're doing and you need to go do it and not like cater to what I'm going through on my own. Like it's very important that you still do your thing and be yourself while I figure out all of this stuff because it's not like jealousy, like you're playing with my toys. I was envious of these things. And it really pulled on a lot of, um, like a lot of, you know, like things that were difficult, uh, I think, for a lot of people to experience, especially early on in monogamy. And uh, it really gave us a great foundation to enter into these conversations with Ashley and Yair, where, 
you know, there are things that we didn't expect to be, you know, feel icky or to feel challenging or to have envy or jealousy pop up everything, uh, you know, under the sun, really. Um, so I'm thankful that we had a foundation like that to start with, because I think that made it a lot easier for the four of us to have these conversations. And um, I think we all did a really good job. Luanda Massager is a woman-founded luxury vibrator brand that brings unparalleled quality to a notoriously sketchy industry. Luanda originated as one hell of a classic wand, all the power you could want with an award-winning design to match, and has now become a full line of best-in-class, heart-pounding, hair-raising toys designed with pleasure in mind for all bodies. Take 25% off your order at lawandmassager.com using code Rachel Wright. What about for you, Ashanir? What was what was really hard at the beginning of our actual, like once the physical stuff was implemented and we were spending all of this time together because of COVID, really? Mm-hmm. What was what were some of the hardest things at the beginning and how did you get through them? So for me. Uh, I don't know if any of you have ever heard that jealousy pulls on your insecurities, uh, but that's a thing. And I found out real quick all of my most significant and deepest insecurities. Um, Had to face them head on, which is super fun. And um, I think... What was most challenging for me specifically was that I had recently gone through a period of um, very low libido and that was something that like I had to look at and face and accept myself for. I did a lot of work on it, um, but essentially going through a period of loss, uh, a loss of my sex drive, which was really devastating at the time. Um, and then entering it into a situation where my current levels may not be the same as everyone else's, um, was really hard. It was, it was really hard to not compare myself to everyone all the time. And it was also really hard to feel the those that old programming in your body that tells you you're doing something wrong uh but you're not and I will never forget that day that you got lost on that walk and Kyle and I were intimate for maybe like I don't know first handful of times still and I like had a panic attack afterwards and was crying and was like, was that okay? Was I allowed to do that? Like, yeah, you're going to be upset. I, I just like my whole body was like, you're married and you just slept with another man. You did what? While he's at work. What? Behind <laughs> my back. And his wife's on a walk. <laughs> um... But yeah, so like that was like, oh, whoa, okay, like, do I need to like call him real quick and say like, can you tell me that's okay? Um, So yeah, I I think that my personal struggles were very personal to my past and my insecurities and um, 
that's typically how they show up for most people, even if they don't realize it. Um, so it really like it, it kind of pushed me into a place of doing a lot of work, loving myself and not saying that that was a short or easy journey, but, um, I'm still, I still work on it all the time. And like, it's funny because one of my friends always says like, the issues in the beginning of a relationship are always going to, are always the like deepest issues, which is, I don't know if you agree with that, but like the stuff that came up right away was the stuff that was the hardest for me. It didn't really like change or grow. Like it, it became very clear to me what my um, challenges were that I needed to personally look at. Yeah. I guess I don't have like some giant dramatic story to share this moment, but to share this moment. <laughs> Remember for all of the listeners, Rachel just gave the most epic eye roll. <laughs> in particular struggling with was after Rachel and Kyle came out to visit a couple of times and after Rachel came individually to visit a couple of times, finally it was time for Ashley to go visit the two of them in the city. And it did not really matter that I had, quote, gone first uh, or second and third and fourth. Um, but when it came time to flip the script, that was so difficult. I remember moments of standing by the grill at work and like not knowing what I was looking at. All I could think about what was, what could possibly be going on back in Brooklyn. Um, and again, it didn't matter that I had the thing. It didn't matter that I'd had the thing three times. It didn't matter that I went first and it didn't matter I was going to go after that also. Um, it was just really fucking hard. Um, and, uh, you know, there was nothing like I said, I had all of the sort of logic answers. Um, I had all the reassurance and it was still just really hard. And the thing was, there was nothing I could have done anyway. I was at work for 12 hours. Um, so it wasn't even like I had to go sit at home being bored by myself with all, while these other three people got to have fun without me. Uh, and still hard. Um, yeah, I, th I mean, that, that, in particular stands out. I don't have some sort of giant life lesson to take from it exactly, but just it's, it can still be hard even with everything on your side. And I think with the, the history of us, uh, being non-monogamous before we met Rachel and Kyle and yeah, you're having been more active in that, uh, than I was, he had less experience going through these motions, motions and emotions. That's a good title. It is. Um, of me going out. So that was something new for him. That was challenging. Oh God. I forgot about that visit. You were like, yeah, that was wild. And you know, it's so interesting. Cause like this stuff is not always, they're not always things that come up and then you work through them and then they're gone. Right. Like you recently had, uh, we'll call it a date. Um, yeah, you recently had a, a time spent with someone while I was away and I was a mess. Like we're two and a half years in, I live with this person. We're like all committed to each other for life. And this was not, yeah, this was not the first time that he had time with someone else. Um, and I was a mess because the context was different, right? I was away. So somehow that made it so much harder. And 
it, these things can pop up in so many different ways. And sometimes they're not based in insecurity. Sometimes they're not based in envy. Sometimes they are just simply uncomfortable because it's new. And I think that that's something I've had to learn is that like you were saying, there's not, sometimes there's not logic. Like the logic actually makes sense. And you're like, no, that this is, I'm safe. I want them to be doing this. I consented to this. I like wanted them to do this. And then all of a sudden here I am wanting to vomit and staring at my phone being like, how much longer is this going to be? Yeah. I think my favorite flavor of this is when you're just uncomfortable for no good reason. Oh God, it sucks. It's, it's really, it's really one you just have to. Well, and to, to reiterate that, like <laughs> there's really no like over it. You know what I mean? Like things will come up in a variety of ways that you didn't expect that you thought you already worked through. Then I do the thing where I'm like, I already worked through this. Why am I going Same. this? I'm really annoying. Uh, I'm annoying myself right now. Um, that, I mean, that happened uh, like two months ago for I went through like two months ago where uh, for the first time ever, uh, the four of us were all on dating apps at the same time. We were all looking for, you know, whatever. And I uh, I hadn't found anyone that I was really interested in. And I kept like kind of having like hit and miss rejection things. And then there was a day where I realized that all three of my partners all had dates scheduled with people outside of the polycule. And I was like, well, this fucking sucks. Like I already went through this and I'm still annoyed and envious and you guys go have your fun and I'll take care of the dog. And you know, like there was never a dog before, but now don't I'm throwing, take it, I'm throwing don't take it out on the dog. Kyle. Jeez, no, didn't do anything. The dog was my support system when that happened. Cause you know, she understood, um, man's best friend, <laughs> but yeah, all that to say, um, no matter how many times I work through that feeling of everyone else is doing the thing that I want to do and it's not working for me for X, Y, or Z reason. I mean, that's probably the third iteration of that experience that I've gone through. And each time I'm like, this is bullshit. I understand what's going on. I'm being like, I'm taking other people's experiences and then judging my own against theirs when I can just be all patient for three more days. And then I would have known that nothing like that would have changed and whatever. Um, so yeah, all, all that to say, the more times you work through something, the easier it is to go through the next time, but it's still going to be a next time and it's still going to be challenging. Yeah, and and I would say even that's not a, it's not a guarantee to say that it, it's easier next time. Um, sometimes it is. No one ever asks you if you get over FOMO. You know, right. people ask us if we get over jealousy. Oh, are you done feeling jealous? Oh, are you done feeling... Well, are you done feeling left out of that time your four friends went to go see the next Marvel movie and you didn't? No, I'm still mad about that. Uh, <laughs> and so when you cross FOMO with a little bit of societal structural programming of your wife shouldn't be doing this, your partner shouldn't be doing this, I want to be... Da, 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 it gets it gets ickier and sen more sensitive and harder to parse, apart, harder to parse out. Um so, yeah, I still feel FOMO, and sometimes that FOMO gets more emotional than other times. And then all of a sudden, because it's crossed over with sex, we call it jealousy. Right. Um, well, and that that's also what was, I think, really interesting about this last time for me was that uh, it was FOMO. You just wanted to be there. I just wanted to be there. And, like, Not I couldn't. Not that I was doing it. No. I wasn't breaking rules, this or that or the other thing. No, you but were you within all of our agreements. Yeah. I wanted to be there. And if anything, I at least wanted to be there later like I at least wanted to see you after. And I knew that I had like days left on my trip and that I didn't have any of my partners there to like sit with and be like, ugh, this sucks. Like I was just 
alone. And in fact, not alone. I was like leading a retreat. So I needed to like dish out why I was a little tense to these amazing humans who were on my retreat and they were all so lovely and wonderful. I wanted to ask everyone. um, So we just talked about a lot of discomfort and pain, et cetera. What makes that all worth it? It's a great question, babe. Thanks. I have a podcast you should follow. It's called Motions and Emotions. (laughs) Can you be a regular guest? And that's going to be our like episode title, our segment. I never thought you'd ask. (laughs) Um, I think for me, what makes it all worth it is exactly this. Like the, I want to spend my life with all three of you. And the feeling that I get when we are all together as a four the feeling that I get when we are in different versions of three, the feeling that I get when I'm with each one of you one-on-one, they're all so different and they're all so wonderful. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. So is it worth sitting in some discomfort because of old societal programming and FOMO? Yeah, because I'm probably going to feel that anyway about like, Yair said about a friend going to see a thing I wanted to go to. You know, I had FOMO when my mom, yes, you mom, who's probably listening, took Matthew to see the original cast of Hamilton and the color purple while I was just not invited. Unforgivable. Yeah. Thank you, mom. (laughs) So, you know, like FOMO exists outside of romantic and sexual relationships. And so to me, don't I know it (laughs) to me, It's so worth it because I'm going to feel these things in different circumstances anyway. And to have the reward, quote unquote, be life with you guys. Like, yeah, sign me up. Uh, My thing that makes it all worth it, all the and emotions and emotions and all of that. um, uh, there's just something so yummy about when the four of us spend time together. And that hasn't changed from, you know, the first park date we did where we all sat six feet apart and touched the soles of our shoes and had our own thermoses of wine. And cause that's what we did for our dates to, uh, you know, one of the, I think it was for Ashley's birthday in the Hamptons. And we, uh, we put a live lobster on the floor and had the cat like inspect it. No animals were harmed. I mean, the lobster eventually was harmed, that's but, uh, well, I mean, cause because we, uh, you know, we're all standing around laughing together, having a great time. And then that same feeling of the four of us all mutually enjoying spending time together, um, not always pitting crustaceans against our cat. Um, is the lobster scene in Annie Hall? Is that like our own little Annie Hall moment or is that Manhattan? Where do they have, where does Woody Allen have that, that scene with the lobsters? I don't know. I, I don't know. Ooh, yeah. Real Ooh, talk right burn. there. Yeah. Sorry there, Woody. <laughs> anyway. Um, this is not that kind of podcast. But it's the same feeling when uh, now, you know, we're at our house together and we're all in the kitchen doing something or we're all in the den together doing something or, you know, barbecuing in the back deck. It's that same feeling of just really, really good time spent together. And uh, it's like very nourishing emotionally. And uh, I, I think that's the, the thing that makes it all worth it. Yeah. How fast three gets done with four people. That's not true. Do you know how much laundry there is every day in this house? All right. How about four people on the dishes? That's not why it's worth it. Start over. Okay. How? (laughs) You know, 
I, I find it, I find myself struggling to find a specific answer uh, and wanting to go towards like, is it worth it to have two parents or is it worth it to have a bigger family? And like, again, nobody really asks that question. Is it worth it to have extra siblings? Is it worth it? Um, there's a million reasons why it's worth it. Um, I have extra love in my house. I have extra physical touch in my house. Um, I have extra kisses good night and extra kisses good morning. And I have extra support when I get home at night and extra support in the morning. And if one person's not around to give that support, I have another person to give that support. Um, and on and on and on. So movie nights are more fun and date nights are more fun. And the night that you're supposed to be alone is more fun. And the night, like it's all warmer and yummier and more supportive and more loving. And, um, and then also sometimes it's easier to clean up the kitchen together. That is true. Okay, then. Um, for me, um, the combination of this very deep, deeply secure and committed love uh, with the, um, the combination of that with autonomy is something that I never dreamed could be real. And I get to be my own person and do what I want and have this group of loving support that will accept me and welcome me home and love on me and cuddle on me when I want to be cuddled. And um, it, it's, it's at the same time extremely freeing and secure. And that is something that always appealed to me about non-monogamy. And it feels really cool to have found um, that structure. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think one other thing that popped into my head while you were saying that was the freedom to let each one-on-one -on -one dynamic ebb and flow and be what it is. Like in a monogamous relationship, if like Ash, you were talking about a period of low libido in a monogamous relationship that can really like, that is sometimes what ends relationships. And in a non-monogamous relationship, there are different avenues and outlets to go, especially when something is ebbing and flowing like libido, right? It's, it's constantly going up and down and every single dynamic gets to just be what it is and celebrated for what it is. And I love that. In the very first episode of this podcast, we talked about how to talk about sex and other intense topics with your partner. And I mentioned working with a company that I love and have partnered with called Best Self Co. They're the company that I created the Intimacy After Dark deck with. Well, I love the team over there. And as a thank you for listening to this podcast, we are combining forces to give one lucky listener per episode a free Intimacy After Dark deck. What do you have to do to enter? Visit bestself.co slash Rachel. Plus, don't forget that they are offering all my listeners 30% off the new After Dark deck. Again, visit bestself.co and use promo code Rachel. Okay, let's fast forward to today. Um, and let's just give folks a glimpse into what our current structure is and like where we're going. Our current structure... Um well, we are, we're a polyamorous quad and we are uh, non-hierarchical. Um, so we're four equals living in this home. Um, we split finances the way that a 
and otherwise sharing family would. Um, and we run our day and our home the way that any other shared family would. Um, so I guess that's the, the long and short of it of our structure. Um, and I guess a little peek into moving forward and about that uh, constantly evolving structure. Um, uh, currently, society makes it very easy for people to get married and work in twos. Um, but our family does not really work in twos. Uh, so um, we are doing our best to rearrange into a legal quad, um, which currently is still difficult. Um, but step one, um, we're going to be getting amicably divorced. Um, working. Woohoo! Woohoo! Uh, that, that's a, uh, it's a happy thing. It's a happy thing. Um, and moving towards trying to uh, get domestic partnerships for two, three, and then eventually all four of us. Um, we're working with a wonderful lawyer um, who uh, worked on the uh, cases and legislation in Massachusetts that allowed for polyamorous uh, triads um, to domestically partner with each other. Uh, so that's step one. Step one is for us to get divorced. We're in the process of doing that. Um, hopefully we'll have ourselves an exciting little divorce party when that's all over. Um, and start rearranging into new domestic partnerships, new sh new groupings, and with any luck and a little bit of work, um, a four-way domestic partnership. Maybe we'll be the first. That'd be really cool. That'd be really cool. I think, you know... I I mentioned the divorces on Instagram not too long ago and got so many DMs around like, what happened? Are you and Kyle okay? Is someone leaving the polycule? Is it really a divorce? Yeah. Does it count? Like, what? It, what is it? Why bother? And it's like, yes, everything is okay. It's better than okay. Uh, yet, no, no one is leaving. Um, and it's for the exact reasons that Yeyer said, which is like zoomed out. We want our legal structure to match what our emotions and, and our lives and our day to day lives look like. You know, we're, we're not two married couples sharing a life together. Swapping. Yeah, this is not a wife swap situation. And also, it it a lot of this leaves out mine and Ashley's relationship, which is really hard to constantly constantly have to advocate for um it's part of the reason why i wanted to propose to her completely separate from all of this stuff was that our relationship is so unique and special and i wanted to give that air and space and you know so often the focus is like on the hetero relationships and Ash and I are often forgotten in that way. I think that one of the, you know, well, first of all, the is Kyle okay or, or your relationship thing okay, that has uh, predated being non-monogamous, that predated uh, us having a, a company together. That's been like a day one thing of our relationship. And I think that is because, well, I mean, I tell you why. Rachel is uh, such a rock star and so like forward presenting. Uh, and I like playing support to that. And so because our society does not really have space for something like that in a positive way, people have often assumed that there's something negative. Like when we uh, when we opened up and you know told our friends and family and social media or whatever, um, there was a huge thing about like, is Kyle okay with this? Are you doing this to him? Is he happy or what's going on? Uh, it, it very, very infrequently people actually, ask or think about it in a positive way or like, oh, this seems interesting rather than like, is Rachel doing something to Kyle, which no, she isn't. And this, I'm consenting to all of this. 
Yeah, yeah. There's no one telling me to do this in the room. I don't have to blink twice. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, the we are also societally programmed to hear the word divorce, and you have every romantic comedy that has a divorce comes to mind and your friends and your family or if your family has divorce in it uh we think about that we think about it in a negative connotation almost against our will just because that's the way it's been phrased for a very long time i mean like our generation uh you were all you know middle millennial middle millennials middle any whatever uh our generation had uh, an over i think an over almost over 50 percent divorce rate of our parents so we grew up in that society and that, you know, social structure of this is bad regardless. Um, and not a lot of people think about doing it in a positive way or using the, the method of divorce to restructure a relationship in something that's more beneficial for the couple or throuple or, you know, quad or whatever. Um, it's, it's something that is, I, I, you know, I can assume is very uh, foreign to a lot of people. I mean, I know that I had a visceral reaction the first time we used the word divorce in talking about, talk a bit, I could talk all day about restructuring a relationship design to be most effective for societal, whatever, whatever, whatever. So the word divorce, and I, my, my palms started sweating, and I'm like, my parents are divorced. Like, that's, I didn't like that. That was bad. And like, uh, I know friends whose parents got divorced, and that was bad. And uh, I think I saw a movie, and there was a bad divorce. And you know what I mean? It comes, there's so much of the word that holds so much weight um, that I think it's it's very challenging for anyone to really think about it as a positive rather than bad. Okay, so to wrap this up and just first of all, thank you all so much for the time, for the energy, for your vulnerability. Like, I know I have chosen to live my life like this and I am really grateful that you all lean into that with me You're welcome. so frequently. Thank you. So to wrap this up, I would love if each of you shared something that you want everyone listening to know about our relationship. So whether that is like a, a myth being busted, whether that's like an assumption being punctured, um, whether that's just something that you wish that you could, you know, scream off in onto a freeway and that everyone could hear you. What do you want anyone listening to know? It's not all orgies all the time. Everyone knows orgies are for Thursdays. <laughs> I'm so glad all of our parents are probably going to listen to us. I, I think it's important though. No, um, I, I know. I'm just fucking with you. No, no, I, it's, it's, uh, I do want everyone to know that, um, I think it's very easy to sexualize us um, as four people who met in this sex-positive environment and decided to shack up together and all we know about is, oh, in the 60s and everyone would live together and be hippies and burn their bras and live together and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, we believe in bras, right? Like, that's fine. Sometimes. <laughs> Kyle's dying laughing right now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay. It's a lot more than that here. Yeah. Only on Thursdays. This is really hard. Um, I know you did steal a good one. I would plus one to that. And um, I think uh, what I want to say is not necessarily about our relationship, but a general um, one thing I learned is life can turn out 
so different than you ever imagined. Um, truly, if you had told me this five years ago, I would have said, no way would that ever be possible. It would never work. A million reasons. Um, so for like people out there that are dating and maybe looking for a similar structure, um, or maybe you're just non-monogamous and you're like, I will never be poly, which was me. Um, like this just happened and it dropped into my lap and I said yes. Like I, I honestly feel like I did not have any other choice but to fall in love with Rachel and Kyle and like now we're here and it's just crazy and I didn't plan for it. I didn't manifest this. I, it, it really just happened. And that's kind of all I want to say. I think. Love you. Love you. I think for me, the, the one thing that I would want people to know is that our lives are not that different from even a monogamous couple doing life. Like, yes, of course there are differences. And it's not that different. Like just multiply everything by two and add in a sleeping rotation. You know, it, it's really, we still have one electric bill that comes every month for the one house that we live in. And that would be the same, whether it was just me and Ashley, whether it was just me and Kyle, just me and you, like, it would be the same. And yes, there are so many beautiful gifts that come from having more. And there are so many challenges that come from having more and non-monogamy in general. And it's so, it's just not that different. And I, I think that so much emphasis is placed on like, oh my God, I could never blah, 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 blah and like fill in the blank or how do you even deal with blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I could ask the same thing of, of someone in a monogamous long-term relationship. It's like, how, how have you been together for 35 years and have never craved seeing someone else naked? Like, how is this, how do you prioritize your, your one partner over all of your friends? Like I could ask the same questions in reverse. And so I guess just, we're not that different. And that would be my. Besides orgy Thursdays. Yeah. Besides orgy Thursdays. What taco Tuesday orgy Thursday? I don't understand. Well, it's not real. You can't have taco. Taco Tuesday is a hundred percent real. This is hold on. Anyway. There's to be clear. Thursday orgies are not a thing in the house. Yeah, I'm DBT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess they or, or it should be Sunday fun day orgies. Uh, anyway, um, moving on from that topic. So uh, my thing to share to my my myth to bust in this case. Um, there's a the trick of psychology that people need to hear something X amount of times for them to fully understand it or to retain it or to whatever. Um, some people need to hear it twice. Some people need to hear it a thousand times. So this is for those people sort of in between the need to hear it twice, need to hear it a thousand times. Um, I am bisexual or pansexual, something in between. I don't know. Labels haven't figured out yet. Um, and that means that I, I, I find anyone attractive and more attracted to people uh, regardless of gender or whatever. Um, yeah, you and I do not have sex. We have a, uh, a platonic partnership. We call each other partners that don't fuck often. 
Um, and that seems to be really difficult for a lot of people to understand. Turns out that uh, just because I, uh, I am open to, uh, you know, anyone sexually, that I'm not like some sex crazed fiend going after every possible person that could possibly be. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's um, not your role here. I get it. You're open to anyone, but thanks. I understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's it. It's a you thing. Um, but people, it's, you know, the, every time Rachel is an AMA, wouldn't it be easier if Kyle and Yee, or whatever, that, that one cracks me up. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be easier? Uh, whatever that means. Um, no. If anything, more complicated. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely more complicated. Add another relationship to this? Yeah. Ugh, we already have like 12 separate dynamics between the four of us as it is. Whatever. Remember when we did that on a spreadsheet? I, I draw the diagram on a napkin sometimes when people need to understand it. Um, but yeah, that's my, my myth to bust. So, um, you know, I know it can be difficult for many people to understand, but, um, you know, you and I, partners that don't fuck. Thank you. I feel it every time. I know, I know. Every time. Thank you so much for being here. And to everyone listening, thank you. I know that this is one of the longer episodes and, you know, there's four voices. So I hope that this was informative. I hope that this was enlightening or helpful or clarifying or something that brings you something positive. Um, if you have questions that you would like to be answered, please let me know. Uh, we can do this again and we can dive into different topics. You know, we're going to have kids soon and we can talk about that. We can talk about a lot of different stuff, but I really wanted to just have this kind of on record in a way of how we, how we got to be here. And yeah. So thank you for listening. So as a real full circle moment, um, I am currently sitting in our office and we have a cork board up on the wall. And on that wall is a um, piece of paper, a craft that I made um, for Rachel and Kyle with I wish I had put the date on there. I don't know. Um, I remember cutting this out and making a castle, and I remember not knowing which order to put the initials in. Well, I knew I didn't want to keep the traditional couples together, so I started there. And then if you can see, uh, between the points of the castle are little lines between that say six feet apart to uh, commemorate our COVID love. I'll post a picture of this uh, in the show notes so that you all can see what we're talking about. And she'll tag Ashthetics NYC. <laughs> it creator Shameless and, plug. Creator and designer of said diagram. <laughs> Bye, friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let us know what your thoughts are. We are truly open to any and all. Bye. That's all for today, you sexy folks. What questions came to mind as you were listening? Continue the conversation with me over on Instagram at the right underscore Rachel. And don't forget, please leave a rating and a review so that we can continue erasing shame and stigma together.